Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Thank you for tuning in to Nature Spirituality. This is Selena Fox, and we explore in this podcast Lunasa magic or Lamas magic. We call this sacred time of the year the Green Spirit Time. Um, yes, we do some things with grain, but Circle Sanctuary Nature, nature Preserve is its greenest at the end of July, early August, in the cycle of the year. And so tonight we have an opportunity to explore some ways of making magic at Lunasa time, how to celebrate personal rituals, household rituals, group rituals. And one wonderful way to celebrate is to get some kind of symbol of the season to use as a focal point in your home. I have some oats here that were grown by one of the farmers who's part of the Circle Sanctuary community in Wisconsin. I got this a few years back, pre-pandemic, and since that time I have used it as one of my symbols of this time of year. Some people prefer to use a symbol the loaf that gives Lamas its name. Lamas means loafness. And Lunasa was the name in ancient Celtic times as the Celtic religion shifted from pagan to Christian. Then some of the sacred holidays got Christian names. So Lamas actually means loafness, the mass of the loaf. So as you can tell, even though it's rooted in old grain harvest traditions of pagan times, it found a way to recycle and repurpose itself as well as the holiday through the name of the holiday and continuing to be a symbol. And do some Lamas magic to get better technology out here in rural Wisconsin. So for those of you who are on Facebook Live, It seems like we are still going, and thank you to Jeanette, who is the engineer, who's let me know that I'm back live on Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. That's the Internet Radio Network for Circle Sanctuary. And more information about all the podcasts that we are doing and have done, because we have an archive, quite an archive, on many topics, interviews, and there are rituals, and there are various series, and lots of workshops, so and some specials. So you can get all of that at circlesanctuary.org, and then go to the CSNP page, and you'll not only see upcoming shows, but you'll also see the archive of podcasts that we have done in the past. So, talking about celebrating Lunasa and making magic, 
one way to make magic is to do a chant. I have a chant that I helped write many years ago, and Lunasa is considered the start of the harvest in many traditions, and in other traditions, it's specifically the start of the grain harvest. So whether you have some oats or you have some wheat or some herbs or some other thing you've harvested, as you go into your celebration and your harvest, you can do this chant called Lama's Chant. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night's end. Praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night's end, praising the powers on whom we depend. And as I sing this one more time, something that you may do is some kind of ritual harvesting, like action, if you're in a large group with a bunch of people, to represent the blessing of the harvest. Um, Another thing you may do is actually have a symbol and to move it around the sacred circle, whether it's just for you, for your household, or for everyone present. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night's end. Praising the powers on whom we depend. So be it. So a chant can be used as a ritual in of itself. Certainly the magic of chanting and celebrating that the harvest is happening and honoring the divine, whether you honor the divine by a particular name or names or one or more forms or as a great oneness or if you're a free thinker, atheist or agnostic, secular humanist, that you embrace reason as the core of your philosophy, tie into that and give thanks, appreciation. Really part of harvest is not only blessing the harvest, but giving thanks for the harvest. And there are many ways to do harvest magic at Lunasa time. Today, one of the things that I did was go into the garden and get the flowering herbs, which will be used on one of my altars in my home to represent the herbal harvest. Something else um, done today was to get this special loaf of bread that I picked out actually several weeks ago and froze. I got it from a local market because I thought it would just be fabulous for our Green Spirit Festival and Lunasa celebration. And I'll be using a variety of offerings at our Ong Celebration Festival uh, main ritual, which will be on Saturday night. And I'll be pouring a libation, and that's something that you might find 
as a powerful way of expressing Thanksgiving and doing magic around Thanksgiving. Um, some apple cider or some herbal tea or maybe mead or wine or beer or some other um, beverage that you're going to be sharing as part of the feast. Before you share it, you can give an offering to Source, to Goddess, to God, to Great Spirit, to the land, spirits, the ancient ones, the ancestors, some or all of the above, or something different, according to your own tradition. Certainly expressing thanks verbally is powerful, but if you accompany it also with an action, especially in a group setting, and to also have chanting happening, it energizes the expression of appreciation and empowers the offering. In addition to doing offerings, libations, um, bread, or there may be other things that you've harvested and you want to give a portion of that back to the divine as an expression of thanks. Uh, one year when we had beehives at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we took some of the honey and um, uh, put that to the ground and a bit into the fire along with some wax from the beehives. And we gave a bit of oak wood that had been harvested from stormfall in the forest, and we also gave thanks for the acorns, which in these parts of the world are just starting to come on. Some people call this the green acorn time. So giving some bit of the harvest back as an expression of thanksgiving is a really powerful ritual, a powerful custom that can be its own way of celebration or incorporated in something that is longer. Another thing that I like to do as part of Lunasa magic that I also did this afternoon is making a green crown. Now, uh, mugwort is an herb that we have growing over Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, and one of our traditions over the years is to clip some mugwort and make a green crown with that. But there are other plants that you can use to make a green crown, and here's an example of grapevines with grape leaves. So you can hang it on your door to bless your home with the power of Lunasa or you may want to wear it as a crown or use it as an altarpiece. The green cow crown is a way of really celebrating what some people call the green spirit, the spirit of nature. And another symbol that I've worked with in terms of ceremonies that I've done myself um, have facilitated with small groups and larger groups is to really celebrate the green ones, the green man, the green woman, the green spirit. We like using the gender-inclusive term, a green spirit, uh, covers all. And, yes, being able to celebrate nature and the bounty of nature and the greenness of nature at this greening time uh, you know, green man, green woman, green spirit images can be really fabulous. Another thing 
connected with that is to commune with the green spirits at Lunasa time. This works great as the sun goes down. You can also do it right before dawn, but I've had it most effective when I have greeted the setting sun and then have done what I call oak forest scrying, looking into the branches and the leaves and into the forest, allowing that to be its own meditation, allowing one's mind to creatively look into the leaf patterns, as you might do with scrying with clouds, scry into the oak leaves. I'm, one of my theories is part of how we get these green faces in not only medieval art, but way back in time, is people saw the green spirits as they gazed into forest and brush. Um, we happen to have oak forest as our predominant forest here in Wisconsin. Another thing that you can do as a Lunasa magic ritual is to do a toast. Now, I haven't had water here, but you can use beverage of choice. We give thanks to the old ones. We give thanks to the green ones. We give thanks to the young ones. We give thanks to divine ones. We give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. So toasting, or you may want to libate, which means pouring a bit of it on the ground as an offering. Another thing that you might enjoy doing at, as part of Lunasa magic is prosperity magic. Prosperity can happen throughout the year. It is very intertwined in the folkways of Lunasa and some of its later descendants. Um, in a part of Eastern Shore, Maryland, at the beginning of August, their way of doing some rural prosperity work, and it's actually within a Christian prayer context, is the blessing of the combines. These enormous combines come into town. People get to look at them, but there's actually some of the ministers, Christian ministers in town, come up and do a blessing. Well, I attended one pre-pandemic back in, I believe, 2019 or so, and did my own blessing to contribute to it since there were several ministers of different denominations doing the blessing. I figured I could do a blessing, too, on these things. So blessing your equipment. Uh, this is a symbolic for harvest, um, but I often will use this to represent the harvest time. And how do you bless a tool? You can chant over it, speak over it. You can anoint it with sacred water. You can uh, move it through incense, through flame. You can touch earth with it. Um, use a crystal to charge it. Put it under the sun. Put it under the moon. So 
I know that's a lot of different ways, but look at within your own tradition. What makes the most sense? What is customary when you're blessing a tool? I like to do a blessing of earth with an earth tool, air. Usually it's incense or it might be a feather moving air around. Fire, a mirror or through a candle flame, depending on what's being blessed. Water, anointing it with water. Spirit, working with a crystal. With earth, it depends. Uh, if it's a metal uh, implement such as the, the sickle that I have, I wouldn't use salt. I sometimes use salt. I would use some form of sand, or I have used actual earth or a stone. So I'm doing a blessing with each of the elements and then a dedication for its sacred work. Another thing that is traditional with Lunasa is the kindling of fire. Well, if you are an apartment dweller or have small space, you're urban dweller, suburban dweller, and you can't have a giant bonfire, or you're living in a place where the climate situation is such, fires are prohibited, well, you can use a candle within your home or a battery-operated candle as a symbol of the fire. I like the green spirit time, the Lunasa time, the community time, because uh, we can, usually in Wisconsin, most years, we can build a really big bonfire. And we often have other types of fire celebration activities. Sometimes there's torches, sometimes fire is spinning. There's lots of different things you can do with fire. Now, when you're working magically with fire at Lunasa time, you have choice, and you may actually have several ways that you work with it. The cleansing part of fire, the burning of way of what is not needed. Most people know about Samhain and its connection with death and rebirth. Um, what's lesser known is that each of the Sabbaths can be a time of release and rebirth, not just at Samhain time. And especially when you get into the three harvest festivals, Lunasa, uh, Autumn Equinox, Mabin, and Samhain, uh, the end of October, early November, when the harvest is in, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, these three times, because you are tuning into harvest, and part of harvest is cutting off life to preserve life, to sustain life, uh, but essentially you're cutting plants down. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of harvest, and yes, people go fishing and and do all of that, but I'm focusing primarily on vegetation uh, in this podcast because of more experience with that. And I do think that doing a harvest at this time is really a fabulous way of tuning in and having a fire that you also kindle and take parts of the harvest and be able to give it to the fire or put it around the fire can be really a fabulous thing. So there is the cleansing part of fire. There's the offering part of fire where you honor the divine with an offering. There is the rebirth and celebratory part of the fire. So um, I actually do 
all three aspects working with fire, and not only at Lunasa, but the other Sabbaths. And one of the special ways we work with fire magic at Lunasa time is part of our Green Spirit Festival. We, over the years, not every year, but many years, we will have a candle-lit labyrinth. And our labyrinth is a hedge labyrinth. It's a living green labyrinth outside that is maintained by mowing. And to be able to walk into the labyrinth at Lunasa time, the release part is as you go into our labyrinth, you actually go counterclockwise. It's a spiral labyrinth. And so you're letting go of what you don't need as you spiral around to the center. And then when you get to the center, you commune with the divine. You honor the divine. You give thanks to the divine. And you receive guidance from the divine. Then you go into the third part of the labyrinth ritual. And sometimes there is an actual bonfire in the center of the labyrinth as well as the torches and candles that are um, held up in holders that lights the labyrinth. Uh, in addition to that fire, you have fire in the center. So it's really a magical thing. So going out clockwise, the labyrinth magic at Lunasa time is what am I now going to take into my life? What am I taking into this community? What am I taking into this world? So a lot depends on what the focus of the labyrinth walk is. But in our um, work, working with a spiral, and a spiral is something fairly simple to create in your imagination, um, work with that, that you may find working with a spiral labyrinth to be a helpful thing, um, and you can just make a spiral on a piece of paper and use your finger, use it as a finger labyrinth, or use your imagination and spiral into the center and spiral out. So go clockwise into the center for release, be in the center, commune with the divine, and then spiral outward. And... What are some other things you can do at Lunasa time? And I know I have, for those of you on Facebook Live, I can see a new test of this location. Shadows are getting a little strange. <laughs> um, but I do think being able to do some kind of fire meditation where you gaze into the fire, you call on the divine or source as you know it, her, him, them, um, and invite guidance. And as you scry into the fire, you may actually see images in the fire that trigger an understanding of the guidance. Or you look into the fire for a time and then close your eyes and then be aware of what guidance emerges. So fire scrying is a powerful way of Lunasa magic. And when do you do this? Do you wait until the 31st of July or the 1st of August? In some traditions, it's the 2nd of August, or some traditions, it's the 5th or the 6th, because that's more the midpoint between summer solstice and autumn equinox. Well, there are a lot of different traditions around it. I actually think 
do Lama's magic over the course of several days and nights, and that way you can do some for yourself personally. You can do some with your household on perhaps another night. It might take the form of a feast and everyone sharing a happy memory of summer. Or if you're part of a large community online or in person or in the case of Circle Sanctuary, both, then uh, being able to have that as part of your celebration. I've already started celebrating Lunasa. I actually did a presentation on celebrating the seasons at a Unitarian Universalist church um, in another part of Wisconsin on Sunday and talked about Lunasa as well as the other season, seasonal celebration times in the wheel of the year. And I've actually been doing something Lunasa related every day and every night this week and will continue to do so. So this podcast is one way of doing it. The land, connecting with land in a sacred way, is an ancient tradition linked in with Lunasa. Some people do what's called walking the bounds of one's land. Well, it depends on how much land you have and what type of dwelling and all of that. But some people will, if they can physically go to the property boundaries, walk the boundaries. Those who may not be able to do that physically due to brush obstructions, mobility issues, whatever, can actually have a map of the land. Google Maps, actually, you can get some images of property or plat maps and actually do this with your imagination. Here again, you could use your finger and go around the property boundaries with your finger as you imagine yourself connecting with the land, honoring the land, and inviting the land spirits to work with you and whatever other forces you work with in a sacred way to join you in blessing your whole property area. If you do this kind of land work, I also suggest, in addition to working with the boundaries, that you find a place, and Lunasa is a great time to find a place, where you can have a portal connection to the land spirits. And one thing that I like to do is actually uh, plant some type of clear quartz crystal or some other kind of sacred stone to be the focal point of that portal and then build the altar around it. For land portals, it often is at the base of a tree. When I've worked with people on that, you can find it better, especially if it's a good, healthy tree. And um, you also have the advantage of the tree spirit you know, being right there working with you. Being able to do offerings for the land spirits at that portal place, libations, um, it can be water. You don't have to make a special preparation. You can pour water and ask for um, abundance in the time to come as you give thanks for what you've been experiencing so you can do a Thanksgiving offering as well as you can invite the land spirits to work with you and bring help bring about prosperity for the land, for you, for your household, for those who come and visit. 
Uh, some people like putting food offerings and music offerings, do a chant, and also have some liquid offerings. And some people will use a coin um, or small crystals. So there's a lot of different ways that you uh, can do an offering and honor and connect the, with the land spirits. I also think that calling on the ancestors who, and ancient ones, that celebrated Lunasa in the past to recognize that those of us who are celebrating now are actually part of a continuum through time. It may have been called different things in different places over the ages, but keeping these old ways alive is a kind of time-dimensional um, exploration. Messages have come through as I've done Lunasa work from my own heritage. I have uh, different strands from different cultures and peoples, but uh, clearly tapping into Celtic heritage over time. And also more recent memory, my grandparents who lived and worked agriculturally as well as great-grandparents on both sides of my family, uh, being able to honor the ancestors, to be open to celebrating the ancestors, inviting them um, to be part of celebrations, toasting them, celebrating them, telling their stories, passing on traditions that you had or you experienced growing up um, that is connected with this holiday time. There are so many ways that you can connect with the sacred time at Lunasa time in a magical way as well as strengthen those links uh, across the dimensions. It can be really fabulous. Of course, there's divination. Well, we've talked about gazing into the forest, into the green, talked about gazing into the fire, the Lunasa bonfire. Well, you can also gaze into the sky and meditate on clouds, blue sky, fluffy white clouds. We've had them for several days. May they continue. Beautiful. Being able to just look at the clouds, commune with air, and to allow your creative imagination to perceive symbols and shapes to resonate with that sacred air dimension. And with water, listening to the sound of running water, or having a scrying bowl, or making some tea or other beverage for your Lunasa celebrations, and having a bowl where you sit with that and gaze into the water, experiencing the energy of the holiday, of the intention, being present as you call on the sacred and invite guidance. Those are some of, some of the ways that I scribe at Lunasa time. Uh, but there are other ways as well, and part of that is being aware of your thought processes 
as you're in natural environments. And if you have a particular encounter with, you know, a creature passes your way or you notice something in a bush, um, a, a flower or an interesting shape, and you have kind of a flash that some connection is happening, this kind of more omen um, perception is also a form of divination. Plus, take a look at your dreams. You might want to do dream incubation. What is dream incubation? Before you go to sleep, you give yourself the suggestion that you will have a dream on a particular subject or to answer a particular question or bring you information. You'll, have, you'll sleep well. You'll have the dream. You will remember the dream when you wake up, and you'll be able to understand the dream and be able to put the dream uh, message into action. I know that's a lot to put in giving yourself a suggestion. However, it is helpful if you give yourself a suggestion not only to have the dream, but to remember the dream and understand the dream so you can act on the dream. So dream divination is another way. Now, some people like doing divination with particular tools, um, runes, tarot cards, oracle cards. Um, there's many different ways of doing divination. Setting aside some time at Lunasa Tide and making space to get guidance about a particular topic or get guidance for this part of the turning of the wheel. So there are different ways you can phrase it, but doing divination magic can be really a fabulous way to celebrate as well as to get insights about your own personal growth. Doing some charity work at Lunasa Time, I see as a kind of prosperity magic. Volunteer your time, donate to a food pantry, um, help ex with some expertise for some nonprofit that's helping others. There are many different ways that you can do charitable giving. One way for those of you who do social media is to share posts of those organizations you're connected with and support to help boost signal. That doesn't take a whole lot of energy, but it is a way of contributing to the understanding and the attention that good works happen in the larger society. It was traditional in old times at this time of year to have fun. The Highland Games that still happen, not only in Scotland, but different parts of the USA and other places where people of Scottish descent have gone and settled, Highland Games very well might have some kind of linkage to the games of Lunasa. And uh, whether you call it Lunasa or Lamas, even as the holiday was Christianized, people would have country fairs. They would uh, bring livestock and produce, and in cities there were markets, and uh, there was this really strong agricultural dimension to celebrating the holidays. I know in some places, 
and some traditions, the ceremonies around Lunasa are not as well understood or developed, especially for people in urban areas without really good access to be able to do a big bonfire or go out in the field and harvest some grain. However, even in a metropolitan area, a huge city, even in a high-rise, there are ways that you can tap in to the bounty, you can tap in to agricultural practices, and certainly going to the local grocer and getting some food that's in season, having a plate there, having um, if you are able to take in grains as part of your diet, having a, a loaf of bread that you have as your symbol, being able to experience yourself as part of a cyber community of people that are talking about this holiday, that are sharing traditions, that are doing rituals, that are doing meditations, that are doing music, um, storytelling. There's so many traditions that continue to be part of Lunasa celebrations, as well as people creating new ones. And that's how you know that a holiday is continuing to vibrate and be alive, and part of the magic of that is having it evolve working with the old, but also finding some ways to continue to link it into contemporary times. Some other ways of celebrating Lunasa is what I call the height of summer. Yes, um, it is a harvest festival. Um, It depends on where exactly you are, what the weather tends to do, but For us here in north-central USA, it is summertime, it's abundant time, and all the fun things connected with summer, joy and celebration and being outside, uh, being able to really celebrate summer, reflect on summertime memories, make new memories, being able to appreciate the longer days and the warmer days. I realize that climate change has complicated the celebrating of the seasons in a variety of ways, and unfortunately one of the ways is that things are getting hotter. And if indeed you're having a Lunasa celebration and you're getting triple-digit Fahrenheit temperatures with the heat index, it's really important that you be able to celebrate the sun in the summer, but also make sure there's plenty of hydration and coolness. Um, We are having to adapt. And while talking about climate change issues, I really think Lunasa is a powerful time for us to do magic for planet Earth and our biosphere planet Earth, our home, and this can take the form of a ritual, it can take the form of a prayer, a particular working, it can be personal, be your household, family, or spiritual group, it can be a larger community, it can be something that goes across communities and traditions. I do think being able to join together in spiritual ways, sacred ways, 
at Lunasa time to send healing to our planet is a way to contribute to its well-being. And as part of that, I do think it can be appropriate not just to do the working, but to also include as part of the ceremony a time to reflect about what each of us can do to help manifest that prayer for healing and wellness of planet Earth and the life here. So wonderful things can unfold throughout our Lunasa celebration. But we also need to be aware that it can be a time to really let go and to reset our way of thinking, our way of being. And actually, each of the points on the pagan wheel of the year, the solstices, the equinoxes, and the Celtic fire festivals that are at the midpoints of each of the four seasons, each of them can be really powerful times for doing personal reflection and assessment and transformation. I like to have a balance between the inner work that I do with myself and work in the household and work for community, celebrations with others, and to have time for each of those configurations. So today, earlier, I was able to do with my partners some household magic called cleaning (laughs) and of also decorating part of our home for Lunasa. Um, We are having our Green Spirit Festival at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve this coming weekend, and we'll have a series of workshops and rituals. But this particular festival has as its theme rest and rejuvenation and relaxation. So to be able to go into the green for Um, re-energizing ourselves as well as celebrating the holiday. So that's another really powerful way of being able to do Lunasa magic is to make some time and just go and be in a natural place. If you can't physically go to the green or a natural place or a park within an urban, suburban environment, then allow yourself to go online or into a book or a movie where you actually can look at greenery. Yes, it's different when you're seeing a painting of a landscape rather than being in it, but there has been some research looking at the therapeutic dimensions of nature that points to the fact that even looking at green imagery in the form of a photograph or a painting or watching a movie can be therapeutic. So get into the green and have a good Lunasa scene as you celebrate. What are some other things that you may do? Create an altar and put symbols on the altar that represent Lunasa for you. Another can be to scatter some offerings of birdseed or some other things 
um, around your home if you're if you're able to do that. I know different properties if you're renting, there's some limitations, but being able to actually um, contribute to the well-being of wildlife, you know, or you might go to a wildlife reserve. They permit um, some scattering of seeds or finding some feeding. Some have areas where that can happen. Others don't let you do it. Um, another thing to do is to have some kind of a feast and to enjoy the bounties of this time of year. And you may go to a farmer's market and do some hunting and gathering that way. Um, if you have a garden, do some appreciations of your garden as well as doing some harvesting. If you have a place that you store dried herbs or do processing of produce, you may want to do a blessing of that space or a special ritual there um, as you bring in harvested material. I have a lot of different ways to celebrate in my um, Celebrating the Seasons at the CircleSanctuary.org website. Go under Teaching, Celebrating Seasons, and you'll see some links to other podcasts. You'll see some chants. And now I'd like to share some chants that you might want to use as part of making magic at Lunasa time. Sacred Son of Lunasa, come. Sacred Son of Harvest, come. Sacred Son of Lamas, come. Sacred like that, and one that you can switch up some words, simple melody, or if singing is really not your thing at this point, then be able to speak or whisper or chant, Lama's night, sacred rite, ancient light, blessings bright, Lama's night, sacred rite, ancient light, blessings bright, Lama's night, sacred rite ancient light, blessings bright. So you may want to do that around a bonfire or if you are doing a ceremony indoors, having a candle that you can chant around. Lamas day, Lamas night, harvest feast, harvest ride, Lamas day, Lamas night, harvest feast, harvest bright. Prosperity, come 
feeling that you just don't have enough, you really aren't in a good space, and you really seek to draw prosperity to you to help you personally, to help those around you, to help your home, to help your region, well, that's a chant that you may want to do. And in calling the prosperity to you, you call it to you for not only the good of you, but the good of all. And what are some other things that you might chant? Well, one that I use at our Green Spirit Festival and have used it over time is what I call the Green Spirit Chant. The simple version is Green Spirit within us, Green Spirit around us. But I am doing the longer version. Green Spirit inspiring us. Green Spirit connecting us. Green Spirit nurturing us. Green Spirit healing us. Green Spirit teaching And 
each of these phrases can be a meditation in of itself. Green Spirit teaching us. So here you honor plants as allies, as helpers, as teachers, and and to really feel that connection. And I like holding my hands out, honoring and receiving the teachings and the energies from the green realm around me. Green Spirit guiding us. And here it's feeling the green coming up from the earth through my whole body, going up through the top of my head, going out into nature. So that's another, you can do that for inspiring as well. So these are some examples of what you may want to do besides speaking or singing this chant. So I'm going to go through it again, and I invite you to experiment with what you would like to do as a magic with this chant. Green Spirit, inspiring me. Green Spirit, connecting me. Green Spirit, nurturing me. Throughout this Lunasa time, 
you may want to take some pictures and share them on social media. Happy Lunasa or Blessed Lamas or Blessed Lamas Time um, or Happy Green Spirit Time or whatever other name you have for this holiday. And putting it out in social media is a contemporary way of what people used to do in times before electricity even, as people would um, do greetings, blessed Lunasa to each other, would see each other, would gift each other with symbols of the season, would be able to celebrate face-to-face, be able to connect with the land in sacred ways as well as the ancient ones and the ancestors. So knowing by taking Lunasa out into cyberspace, not just with this podcast, but I'm really hoping to be able to put some chants and um, some links to some other material for ideas for celebration out in social media over the next few days. Um, This is a way of continuing the celebration, and even more of us are able to connect um, through cyber means, through podcasting, through live streams, and for time-released listening and viewing. And, of course, there's the inner space that goes beyond any particular place in time where we connect with each other, we connect with all that's gone before And we lay the groundwork to be the ancestors and teachers of those yet to come. Lunasa, 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 celebrate, meditate, cogitate, Again, child of folly, Cornelius, summer born, ripening like the grain. Come on, rap. 
and thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.